Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. America, we are endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. You're listening to Stagecraft, Variety's theater podcast, bringing you in-depth interviews with the stars and creators of the hottest shows on Broadway and beyond. I'm your host, Variety's theater editor, Gordon Cox. On this episode of Stagecraft, I'll be talking to current Tony nominee LaShawns, the Broadway favorite whose breakout role came as Timoon in the original production of Once on This Island, and who went on to win a Tony as Seelie in the original production of The Color Purple. She's back on Broadway this season playing Donna Summer in Summer, the new behind-the-music musical from the creative team of Jersey Boys. LaShawns is here in the studio with me, fresh off her nomination in the category of Leading Actress in a Musical. Hi, LaShawns. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Congratulations on your nomination. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, You've obviously had some prior experience with the Tonys, um, both with the nomination for Once on this Island and the win for The Color Purple. What's your take on how... A nomination affects an actor's career? Well, the first time I was nominated, <clears throat> I was so young. It was the it was my first leading role on Broadway yeah. and um it sort of was a shock that I would have even been considered for a Tony nomination. Um and it, it immediately put me in a circle of women that I had been admiring for years. Patty Lapone. Yeah, it was just amazing. <laughs> it was just amazing. I'm she's like my my spirit animal. Patty was she nominated Paul. that year? Was no, but I'm thinking about her. About as who? Being yeah, of course. The, some right. of the women. She was nominated yeah. the year that I was nominated for the color oh, for purple. Color purple, right? Right. But I'm just saying it put me in the circle of women who have been nominated for Tonys. Yeah, absolutely. And Patty Lapone as a woman that I idol and have come to respect and admire, just having met her a few times socially. Right. Um, it put me in the circle of Patty Pone. So immediately, I felt my own self-value go up. Right. <laughs> but it also put me on the list with some incredible women. And um, it did, in fact, boost my career. Sure. And the win, what's your take on how a win affects your career? It's interesting because um, while I may be at... Well, what it did for my career, which I found to be interesting, was it put me in a circle of women... Another circle, another realm, uh, film and television realm, but at the bottom of that list. So I'd walk into, <laughs> I'd walk into auditions uh, for movies and TV with women that have been celebrated already in film and television, but I was at least in the circle of those women. And so I got into on, on another list, but at the bottom of, of that list. I'm at the top of the theater list, but the bottom of the film and TV list at that time. Right. All right. <laughs> right. So it's interesting. And so can you enjoy this process now, now that you've been through it a few times? Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. This is thrilling. Being nominated for a Tony Award is the, the, the most prestigious accolade that one gets in theater. And here I am, back on Broadway again. Haven't been on Broadway in three years. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, uh, if then, if then, thank you. Yes, and it was an amazing experience. But 
to be back on Broadway doing a role that I love as much as I do and to have been nominated not only for a Tony but a Drama Desk and yeah. also, you know, for the Drama League. It's it's really amazing. Yeah. So. Yeah. And is it for the cast and the crew now after the nominations, has it been particularly fun to uh, do the show every night? For me, it has been. <laughs> um, yes. And, you know, being aware that there are Tony voters in the audience, which is something that I don't typically like to think about. Um, it definitely makes me, puts me outside of myself a bit. I try to focus on just staying in character and being true to the role and everything. But the cast and the crew are so supportive and so excited. And my phone has not stopped buzzing. And everyone that sees me gives me a great big hug. So we're all thrilled. And we're thrilled for Ariana as well. Yes, too. We should say Ariana DeBose nominated for Tony as well. Yeah, in Best Features yeah, featured. category, yeah, exactly. which is amazing. Yep. She's phenomenal. So it's really nice to also see the excitement through her eyes as well. Right. So right. Yeah. it's been great. So let's talk a little bit about summer and the part you play in it. Um, I have read that when you were growing up, when Donna Summer would come on the radio, your parents would change the station. Is that right? Yes. And, and why was that? Was it because she was dirty? Is it because they didn't like disco? What was the like? It was, was only that song, though. Oh, oh, okay. It wasn't Donna Summer in general. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, all right. Oh, Last Dance was a hit in my okay. house. <laughs> no, it. it was Love to Love You, Baby. Got it. It was oh, all makes... of the sensuality of that song. Understood. That's the one she would turn down in the car. Right. Only that one. That makes sense. Yeah, because yes. my brothers would go ape in the backseat <laughs> whenever that came on. So it was only that one. Right. And where would yeah. this have been at the time? I know that you were born in Florida. Is that right? And I was then... born in Florida. I lived in Florida until I was about 12 years old. Okay. And then my parents divorced and my mom moved me and my siblings to Connecticut. Yeah. And um, we were with an uncle for a while and before we moved out on our own. But um, that's when I was introduced to theater because mm -hmm. that's when I started seeing the commercials. For oh, right, musicals. of course. Because yeah. you don't see musical commercials in Miami. No. You just don't see them. So um, I would see these commercials, and I would say, Mom, this, please, I want to go see this show. I want to see this show. And I was fascinated because I had no idea, no concept of Broadway in Florida, just no concept of the whole world. So um, my mom took me to see Chicago. It was the first show that I saw. Oh, wow, who's in it? Graciela Danielle was in it. Yeah. And, you know, that's one of my favorite stories to tell is mm -hmm. that all those years ago, the first musical that I ever saw, Graciela Danielle was in the, was in the ensemble. And the, 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 like the, the most important part of my career, the launch of it, Graciela right. Danielle was right. the director of. Yeah, so yeah. it's a full, full, great full circle moment. And I've worked with her three times since then. Right. So. right. Yeah. And so what was your feeling about Donna Summer? You were a fan? You guys, your oh, whole yeah. family was a fan? Oh, okay. of course. My yeah. parents were young. My right. parents were teenagers, mm -hmm. so they were party animals. <laughs> and I ended up being sort of a, a helper. I was a mommy's helper because mm -hmm. I was the oldest and I had a lot of siblings. Yeah. But, oh, yeah, Donna Summer was disco, you know, queen in my home. My parents loved her music. They would listen and dance and I'm sure partied to her sure. music quite a bit. And then when I got to college uh, in the 80s, I started really having a lot more fun with Donna Summer nice. and uh, in her music. I mean, it's iconic. It's like Michael Jackson. I mean, it spans generations. Right. Yeah. And do you, did you have a favorite song then? And do you have a new favorite song now that you're singing them? My favorite song um, was State of Independence, mm -hmm. which is not in our show. I was going to say, I don't recall hearing no. that in the show. And I 
fought. You you worked you worked to fix that, right? Oh my god. <laughs> If you ask Des Makinoff how many times... Yeah, this is the director, Des. Yeah. Des Makinoff yeah. and Ron, yeah. who was our, our um, musical supervisor, right? Ron Melrose, yeah. he heard several conversations from me about why isn't this song in the, in the show. And ultimately, it was because the writer, writers, Des and, and Rob, they both felt that um, lyrically, because we're telling her story, it didn't go along with anything that we were trying to tell which makes perfect sense I mean they created this amazing musical I just like the song right yeah (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted an opportunity to sing it curtain call you know something so Ron said to me one day when I was joking with him about how much I love the song he said put it in your club act (laughs) and I said you know what I just might yeah you should right just might find a place for it in my show and so then what's your favorite to sing of the ones you do get to sing Tonight, uh, I was going to say tonight, but Mm. yes, it's Friends Unknown, which is the moment, a really big special moment, because it's her homage to her fans. Yeah, Mm -hmm. right. And what made you decide to commit to the project? Was it it your attachment to Donna Summer and uh, wanting to tell her story, or what was the attraction for you? The way this whole thing came about was back in 2016... I get a message from Des Makinoff. Now, I, of course, knew who he was, but had never worked with him. And he said he'd like to meet with me to discuss a project that he's working on. And I went, sat in his office. He gave me the script, told me the entire concept of the three Donnas and where he sees me as Diva Donna and what I consider this role. It was that sort of simple. Right. I took the script home. I took a look at it. Love the music, so the music was easy. Right. I was sold on the music already, but I wanted—I was very interested to see how this concept of three women playing Donna was going to work. Right. And um, I wasn't sure if it was going to work. I wasn't sure if it was going to be a typical, you know, we tell the young story, you know, we have the little Donna, you know, the middle story, the middle Donna, you know, the old Donna. I thought if it was going to be, it was going to be sequential, but it isn't. Right. We hop around quite a bit, and we relate to each other. As you've seen, yeah. So right. it so there was that element that was unique about it that intrigued me, and um, I found a way to uh, bring a dimension of 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 a person looking back into their own lives and how that would affect you. Just imagine if you could speak to your twelve year old self. Right. If you could speak to your twelve year old self and watch your twelve year old self making a mistake, not making a good choice how that would affect you. All of that affects my, my character as I'm on stage because that's what we're, that's what we're doing in summer. Yeah, that, that so. was sort of was part of one of my questions that I wanted to ask was sort of how the three of you coordinated your performances in that you were all playing the same person at different stages of their lives. In the beginning, we would discuss uh, physical gestures. Yeah. Because one thing that I have to note is we are not imitating Donna Summer. We are not up there trying to become Donna Summer. We are telling the story of her life. We are embodying her spirit through the three of us. But we're not, it's not an imitation, for, for instance. We are just giving you the, the truth of who she was, her life, right. why, and that, why that's so important. But so that we could all resemble her as the three women, we came up with certain gestures that the audience may not know, certain looks that we give to each other, acknowledgments between each other that um, create the spirit of her for us. Right, yeah. The name of your role um, in as the 
Oh, of the oldest um, diva donna diva donna is diva diva donna does the word does the term diva uh, really fit her at the time and why do you think that well i think the reason they chose diva donna at that point because she had at the at the, at the point that i'm playing her age in the yeah. show she had her success she right, she true. you the, know she was the fully realized she was donna, a fully realized right? diva donna everything had happened her you know her gold albums, her Oscar, her everything. Everything had happened by that time, so she had established herself as the diva at that point. And um, when you are, and then really, when we think about it, there there are two ways to think about diva. Some people think of a diva as pretty much a bitch, you right. know, <laughs> right, right? Like you know, oh, yeah. did the diva bitch? They right. kind of go together. You yeah. know what I mean? And um, or the difficult performer. That's how a lot of times they're like, oh, stop being such a diva, you know, and and in fact, it's really not the way I see her at all. A diva is just an accomplished performer, someone whose name we recognize, someone who's worked her butt off to get where she is, someone who has established a certain level of respect from her peers, um, someone who's had longevity, who keeps working and um, keeps producing. Um, So... I apply my own personal thought of the diva and definition of a diva to this role. Yeah, one of the things that I feel like is interesting in the show is that here she has achieved this status as a diva and all these accomplishments, and she, in some ways, kind of rails against the limitations that they set on her, right? In terms of where she thinks, what she is not allowed to do because she is the disco diva, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. She fought against that quite a bit. Right. That was a lot A lot of her struggle professionally was that um, men were controlling what happened in her career. And, and when she finally was able to get the courage to take control of her life is when it began to grow and, and evolve and become something other than just you know, love to love you. Right, right. <laughs> and now you, you did the show at La Jolla, and now you're doing it on Broadway. Is there mm-hmm. a moment that you, or a scene that you particularly love doing every night? There are a few scenes that I particularly love doing every night. Um, I love singing Friends Unknown. Mm-hmm. I love doing that. Um, something that I really love doing is, because I I, I play, I, I, get, I deliver most of the narration, Yeah, I get to address the audience. Yeah, you talk to us a lot. Yeah. I do. I talk to you a lot. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I really, really love that. What What about it? That, that we give stuff back or the... It's because um, I'm not using dialogue. I'm not using dialogue and you're not watching me deliver dialogue. I'm actually talking to you and right. telling you what's happening and, and giving you my own personal point of view as Donna yeah. about my life, which is another special thing that I think that we do in our show is the fact, yes, we've seen plays where there have been a narrator telling you what's going on, but I'm narrating as Donna and I'm telling you this is what happened in my life. Right. And it's given, and it, it's, it's as if I'm given a chance as Donna to correct things and explain things which we don't always often get to do and I love that because I get to clarify moments for her you know in her life that were were very important and some not so nice yeah that was one of the things that I was going to ask you about what do you feel like are the toughest moments that the show addresses probably the statement that God made Adam and Eve not Adam and Steve that's the toughest yeah and tell us a little bit about how the show decided, and you as Diva Donna decided to kind of address that. 
in the show? Well, the writers, Des and Rob uh-huh. and Coleman, I'm sure they struggled with this one. This is a tough one. This is a tough one yeah. because this took her down. Right. I mean, she lost a lot of fans when she said that. She, There were people out there that were having bonfires with her CDs, with her albums, not CDs, back when albums were there. And, right, yeah. You know, and a large part of her audience is is LGBTQ plus right. audience members. Right. So um, they felt that she betrayed them with yeah. that statement. And a lot of people came out against her, and they were hurt by that, extremely hurt by that. And... Um, the way it was explained to me mm. was that it sort of became bigger than what it was, the initial moment and what was happening. She was in concert. She was trying to get the girls to sing. She didn't want, she wanted the girls and the boys were singing and she said this statement and regretted it ever since mm. because it became, it, right. it became this, as we say in the show, a, Category 5 hurricane. Yeah. So as Diva Donna explaining mm. and talking to the audience about this moment, it's it's difficult. Yeah, I'm right. conflicted because we did lose a lot. I, I personally, LaShawn, mm-hmm. I lost a lot of friends back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And um, I have a lot of LGBTQ plus friends sure. and fans and... It really affects me every night. It gets to that, you know, it gives me that feeling in my, my stomach of like, ugh, oh my God, I can't believe, you know, that this happened. And how can I be as sincere in this explanation for Donna as possible? And every night, no matter what has happened to me throughout the day, that's one of the purest moments on stage for me. Right. Interesting. Um, and... So it's not all heavy stuff, we should say, in the show. No. There's a whole lot of dancing. There are a whole lot of sequin, like yes. sequin glitter. It's <laughs> yes. It is a lot of fun. I was under a mound of... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Things. No, it was great. It was fun. It must be must be hard to clean up every... Every, every night I feel so night, sorry right? for, yeah. for the front of house staff. They yeah, deserve right. tips. Um, that disco looks really fun to do on stage. Oh, it's absolutely! Better. It's a lot of fun. We, you know, it's Donna Summer. You're gonna have fun. Yeah. You're gonna, you're gonna MacArthur Park. You're gonna love to sing. Right. Last dance. Mm-hmm. You know, on the radio. Heaven knows, enough is enough. We do all of the jams. Yeah. So people, when they hear the beginning, oh, they go crazy. They right? go crazy. Yeah. Oh my God, they're standing up, they're dancing, and it doesn't help that that Diva Donna at the top of the show says, "If you feel like singing, sing. Oh, yeah. If you feel like dancing, dance." I mean, you know. And they do, right? And, and they you, do. I mean, you told us to, so I we, told you we to. Did, so yeah. Hey, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get on up, and yeah. everyone gets over it. Yeah. But I have to say, every night at the end of the show, um, when the lights black out. And I hear that applause. I have never heard that in any show mm. that I've ever done on Broadway. Oh, wow. It's almost like being in a concert stadium. Yeah. It's that much you know, appreciation that's coming back at us. Speaking of shows that you have done on Broadway, have you seen the new production of Once on this Island yet? Did you get a chance? No, and everyone is asking me why. Yeah. And it's only because of my schedule. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it. I think... I've heard nothing but amazing things yep. of the young woman who's playing T Moon. Yes, Haley Kilgore. Haley, right. yeah, yeah, I hear yeah. she's phenomenal. I hear the production is beautiful. Yeah. And you also recently released an EP. 
I did. Yeah, tell last me, year. Yeah, tell me about that. Tell well, me about how did you choose those songs? Okay, well, first of all, I have my own one woman show. It's yeah. called Feeling Good. Yep. It's a, actually a journey into my life right. through song, not my songs only, but um, it's it's it's. I'm writing my memoir as well, yeah. so it's sort of to coincide with the memoir. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the stage version of my memoir, so to speak. Right. And um, I chose those three songs because. We are going to do a full album at some point, but I wanted people to just hear some, the style and the quality of what we're doing a little bit to get a sense of it before they come in. And so just, can you describe it for me? The, how do you describe the, the effect you're going for and kind of the mood you're going for? I'm trying to um, give people a true sense of what it was like growing up um, to a teenage... Um, I, my mom was 15 years old when I was born. Um, growing up in this period, uh, all the the how it all affected my upbringing, how it, how it how I became Lachance, yep. this Broadway uh-huh. actress, right. and all the elements that we, that were a part of my life, and um, the style of my life is is something that I don't think a lot of people are aware of. I come from a very very um, solidly African-American family that is steeped in African-American culture, style, folklore, uh, you know, everything. We're from the South. We were, it was, it was, I'd have to say segregation it, uh, by choice. I mean, we lived in black neighborhoods because, yes, that's where, you know, we were living, but also because we wanted the culture of, we wanted to live in the African-American culture. Even when we moved into a middle-class community, my mother wanted us to move into a middle-class African-American community because she wanted us to be um, very much aware of our culture, where we come from, who we are, what we've contributed to society. So um, there's that element. And then there's, that's juxtaposed with this young girl who wants to sing and dance (laughs) and be in this completely different community and um, how that and my ha- my background how it merged and and then my parents how they were how their their lives were how it affected me i also grew up my dad was in the coast guard so i'm a military brat on right. top of that wow. which makes me extremely patriotic and people <laughs> are always surprised by that that i have a flag on my house and that right. i love the 4th of july and that i you know I definitely am that girl who's standing up at watching the Knicks game with her hand over her heart, belting out the national anthem. I mean, that's me. I'm that girl. I'm I'm a true patriot. Um, and that's another element that people don't know about me. And, you know, and then I, as when I became a woman, I met a man and fell in love with him and the father of my children, and he's no longer with us. And, you know, it's just a lot that has happened in my yeah. life that I go through. In the in the in the in my own personal show, feeling good, and the reason it's entitled "Feeling Good" is yeah. because it's about getting to a place where you can feel good. Right. Yeah. And do, yeah. You, do has this process made you look at the arc of your life, or maybe parts of your life, in ways that you didn't previously? I was working on. I've been working on feeling good before mm-hmm. I started. Uh, before Donna Summer, I've had to stop and start, stop and sure. start, stop and start. But um, I have now because I've been working on Donna Summer. I'm going back in and rethinking mm. the sort of the moments that I want to highlight in moments just because I've learned so much through this process right. about what people want to know. You know, like there are moments right. that I may want to gloss over. 
You know, like, let's uh-huh. get to the happy and fun stuff. Right. You know, but people really want to know about the gritty stuff too, yeah. because it's interesting, yeah. and it's it's it helps them to understand, and it's relatable right. because everyone has gritty stuff, yeah. and we want to know how how did you deal with your gritty stuff? Right. How did you get over it? What did you do? How are you where you are? Because it can help someone possibly, or they can relate to it and say, ah, yeah, I remember that moment. I remember that gritty moment in my life, and right. I remember being able to overcome it and thrive or maybe I didn't maybe there's someone out there that didn't overcome it and they're still struggling and maybe my story can help them yeah do you do we know yet when to expect it in bookstores or on uh the, the shelves at the record store if record stores still exist well if you spoke to my publisher <laughs> you're, you're like, actually next month yeah. should have been on the bookshelves by now right. um, but I want to get through the opening and the t- I mean get through yeah. this part sure. of the Donna Summer journey before I can delve back into it and fit, really finish it so let's talk about next year okay that sounds okay. great yeah. <laughs> do you have any dream roles in the theater that you want to Avita. Avita. yeah I mean come on I mean, is that Brent? Oh, you'd be a great Avita. Avita. That'd be <laughs> okay. Don't sold. cry for me, Argentina. Make it happen, Broadway. Make it happen. <laughs> Judas and Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, yeah. I mean, right? Come on. I mean, but truthfully, Brandon Victor Dixon on that live performance. On the live telecast. I don't yeah. think that, like now, when we think of Judas, we see Brandon. We kind of do, right? We see Brandon, and of course, Carl Anderson, who originated it, was mm. Judas for me. Yeah, of course. And will always be Judas for me. Right. From the movie. But from the live telecast is Brandon Victor Dixon. Yeah. But if there is ever a world where Judas can be female, that's the role I want to play. I th- I sort of believe NBC should do that show every Easter and just yes. recast it. So you can be Judas next Easter. Does that, that would sound be good? amazing. Right. Do you hear that, guys? I want to be yeah. Judas. <laughs> and one thing I do not know about you um, that I'm curious about is when and how did you decide to go professionally by only one name? Okay. So, I grew up, I can tell you my last name. Yeah. It's Sapp, S-A-P-P. Yes, Warren Sapp is my cousin. People always want to know. Yeah, Yes, Warren Sapp is my cousin. (laughs) Um, As a kid, I was teased. Sure. Terribly. Yeah. There were songs made up about me. I would walk down the hallway in school, and there would be a chorus of people singing a song that was made up to tease me. I was tortured by my last name. Yeah, that's terrible. Sap sucks. <laughs> Sap sucker. Um, you know, all kinds of terrible things about Sap. So while I am very proud of my name, mm. I was afraid that the press would have a field day with my name. Yeah. So I decided to drop it. Yeah. Well, it seems to have worked out okay, right? <laughs> and that's yeah. a you. Uh, LaShawn's is your grandmother's name? Is that yes, what I did? I read actually, that right? Yes, okay. actually, yes. It's yeah. my grandmother's name. It's my middle name. Right. It's my first name. My le- first legal name that I was born with was Rhonda, right. which I dropped like as soon as I could tell people what my name was. Got it. So right. when I was a teenager, I would tell my friends to call me LaShawn's. Right. To just start calling me LaShawn's. Call me LaShawn's. Call me LaShawn's. And when I left home, I was LaShawn's. Right. But I still have some friends, and my family still calls me Rhonda. Of course. Yeah. And I still have some friends, older friends, that will call me Rhonda. If, but I correct them still, <laughs> you know. Right. But but um, that's what that's where how I dropped Sap, and right. I even thought about changing it just to have a different surname. But I think Lashawn stood on its own. So yeah, I think that's right. That's <laughs> not you didn't have to 
There's an, an, another Lashans in equity, right? That you have nope, to, you didn't have yeah. to fight for that one. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, thanks so much for being here. It was really great to talk to you. Great and to talk to you. Enjoy well. the, the Tony Hullabaloo. Thank you. Enjoy. Have fun with it. Thanks, Thank you so much. That was Broadway favorite Lashans, nominated for a Tony Award this season in the title role of Summer, now playing at the Lundfontan Theater. On the next episode of Stagecraft, I'll talk to Tina Fey, Lauren Michaels, Jeff Richmond, and Nell Benjamin, the creators and producer of the Tony-nominated musical Mean Girls. Until then, see you at the theater. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.